Hi everyone, Demetrius McRae here, your online campus pastor here at Calvary Christian Center. Welcome to our podcast. May today's message bring healing, hope, and ultimately transformation. Hope you enjoy the message. The resurrection and the life. In other words, God says, I don't come just to see dead things stay dead. If I ever show up, whatever was dead won't stay dead because I'm the resurrection and the life. So I believe God has got Calvary right in the right place at the right time. Are you excited to be right here, right now with what God is doing? I want you to grab your Bibles. I I feel like I have a word today from God. It's one thing to have a sermon or a message. I feel like I've got a word from the Lord and I feel like I'm in a room this morning with some hungry people who came who said, God, I need to hear from heaven this morning. I don't want to hear from a man. I don't want to hear from some website. I need a word from the Lord. Is that anybody in the room this morning? And if you want to be a people of word, you're going to have to learn how to press past feeling into knowledge because oftentimes feelings will leave you in your feelings. But if you press past feeling into knowledge, you can get into what you know and know that what you know will affect what you feel. So I can be in something that's not, that doesn't feel good. But if I know what I know about God, the knowledge of God supersedes what I feel in my circumstance and I can keep my joy. Well, that was free, but but we're going to get into the real message this morning. Are you ready for the word? Luke chapter 7, Luke chapter 7 and you get me one more week is that all right calvary (laughs) pastor rayleigh pastor dawn amen god bless you thank you uh pastor pastor dawn are are on their vacation and they should amen i said they should they're getting rest and they're gonna come back you know he's gonna come back ready to rock and roll um but in the meanwhile you get pastor josh today so i'm the associate pastor here at calvary Amen. Well, it's an honor to serve you. I love you, Calvary. Me and my wife and my little one love you so much. Love you. Thank God for your life. And we believe there's breakthrough in this room today. Luke chapter 7, verses 11 through 17. And uh, God dropped this word in my spirit of just a few days ago and said to preach it to you. So I hope your ears are ready and your hearts are ready. God wants to say something to you. This is what the word of the Lord would say this morning. But now it happened. Look at somebody say, it's about to happen. Mm. Mm. Now it happened. It happened. The day after that, he went into a city called Nain. And many of his disciples went with him and a large crowd. Because not everything that's in the crowd can call itself a disciple. And when he came near the gate of the city, behold, a dead man was being carried out the only son of his mother and she was a widow and a large crowd from the city was with her and when the Lord saw her he had compassion on her and he said to her do not weep then he came and he touched the open coffin and those who carried him stood still and said and he said young man I say to you, arise. So he who was dead, hallelujah, set up and began to speak, and he presented him to his mother. 
then a fear came upon all and they glorified God saying a great prophet has risen among us and God hallelujah has visited his people and this report about him went throughout all Judea and all the surrounding region I preached all that but really I want to focus on the a clause of verse 14 it says then he came and he touched the open coffin I want to preach for just a minute the Lord told me to give you this word this morning God says for all of you waiting on breakthrough God's about to give it to you but the one thing you got to do is take the lid off I'm gonna give you five seconds to let that sit down in your spirit for everybody waiting on resurrection waiting on revival waiting on breakthrough there is one word from the Lord this morning. He's looking for a people that can take the lid off. Father, I thank you for what I sense and for what I feel. Speak to your people in Jesus' mighty name. Somebody who believes it, say amen. You can be seated, and as you're seated, just look at somebody and say, take the lid off. Take, take the lid off. Take the lid off. It's important to know this morning that in your faith and in the foundation of who you are in God, it's important to know that from the original sin of Adam, God had a dream. Yes, God had a dream. From the moment that Adam and Eve partook of the fruit, disobeyed God, and sin entered into humanity, God had a dream. How many know that, that, that there are circumstances in the world, but circumstances in the world don't derail the greatness of our God? and the plan of our God and God had a dream the the God dream was instated and enacted well what's the God dream from the moment of the original sin God's dream was watch this to get man back to God and heaven back to earth it is still the God dream that the reason why he sends revival and reformation and movements among people is because it all goes back to one thing. He's trying to get men back to God and heaven back to earth. Oh, if we could boil our faith down to those things and those understandings that everything God does is to get somebody who's far from him back to him come on somebody and he's trying to get what is already completed and finished in heaven back to earth oh what our church services would look like if we came in with the mentality that today we're going to help God fulfill God's dream y'all ain't saying nothing that when we come in this room we ain't going to come by ourselves we're going to bring somebody who's far from God even though they might be kicking and screaming they might have been church hurt somewhere along the way come with me we are going to go into the highways and the byways come on talk to me in this and compel them to come in because God's dream is that he would get men who were far from him back to him but that's half the dream because once you get them here baby we want to create an atmosphere where heaven invades earth uh, where sickness cannot lay oh hallelujah land or linger where issues cannot come in where depression cannot stay and anxiety cannot be the mainstay we want the kind of atmosphere in this room that when the moment we step in here lift up our voices that heaven begins to invade earth uh, and if it's not permitted in heaven it's not permitted here somebody who believes what I'm saying give God some praise if you then believe the God dream man back to God heaven back to earth then you must be a people who understand then then that's then that alone will redefine revival 
That revival is not a series of services. Am I talking to anybody? Revival is not just your favorite song or your favorite preacher or a couple days of meeting. Revival, according to the God's dream, to God, to God's dream, is an encounter by which people encounter God's love and then begin to walk in God's life. Come on, put on your thinking caps because that's all we need to have a move of God is for people to encounter the love of God and then realize that the life they're in doesn't match the life he's trying to give. That there is an agape love, but agape love should lead to Zoe life. And you can't have Zoe life unless you run through agape love. Agape, Greek word. It is love like no other love. This isn't brotherly love. This isn't friendship love. This isn't fleeting love. Come on, somebody. This isn't the kind of love that says I love you today and might not love you tomorrow. Agape love says this is a prevailing love and an eternal love that when this love starts, it doesn't stop until the same kind of love returns. And I just want to let somebody know at the onset of this message, that's how he loves you. No, no, no. I know you got a past. I know you got a jail record. I know you've done some things behind closed doors. But I came to tell you, God is not mad at you. He is not angry with you. He loves you with a prevailing eternal love. A kind of love that will go past your faults and your failures and your mistakes. He'll press past your addiction. And like water running to the lowest place, his love will find you at your worst and still look at you and call you his own. Is there anybody? Thank for the love of God that is agape love I don't have to preach another word in this room if I took the mic and set it down right there and just told everybody in the room that oh hallelujah that God loves you with an eternal everlasting love that should be enough for you to get up out of your stuff out of your pain and say because he loves me I can move forward in life God gives us agape love, watch this, to move us into Zoe life. Zoe is the Greek word for life, but it's like agape. It don't mean regular life. Because some of us are existing, we're not living. Some of us wake up and do the same thing every day, the same routine. We're unfulfilled. We don't feel like doing anything. We don't feel like talking to anybody. We just go through the same routine and we wonder if this is all that there is. But can I tell you, you cannot come through agape love and learn about God and then learn about you and stay hidden in some mundane, come on somebody, and mediocre life. If you ever really come through agape, agape will set you free into a place that says he come that I would have life and life more abundantly if you ever get agape you get zoe and if you ever get zoe you get fruit fruitful living is the consequence of living zoe life is this too deep this morning you always know what life you're in by the fruit you bear and I'm not going to let you off the hook 
with all that's going on in the world and say that it's just cool to come to church and sing a few songs and shake a few hands and leave this place the same as you came. The devil is a liar. God brought you in this room to let you encounter agape. Get Zoe so that you can leave this room and have the kind of fruit that people talk about. The kind of fruit that says, I got to get what you got. I don't know what it is. I don't understand it. Do you remember the days when we lived in such a way just to be in a room? People start asking questions. You remember getting in a room and the love of Jesus be so on you, people stop cussing? Perhaps they feel too comfortable because we are becoming more like them than we are him. There should be something about your life that provokes the room. Oh, hallelujah. That provokes the room and says, where you are is not where you are called to be for the rest of your life. Where you're living is not all that there is. Let me show you a life. It's not a perfect life. It's not a life without trouble and a life without some issues. But nevertheless, it is a life given to Jesus. And I found out something, that if he be for me, what can be against me i found out something in the zoe life uh, that no weapon formed against me shall be able to prosper and i just want to know before i go any further is there anybody who's tasted and seen agape love and zoe life uh, and you are experiencing the fruit of the spirit in your soul and mind which means then that we have to understand Oh, can I be deep this morning? That there is a glory that comes in revival that cancels winter. There is a glory that comes to people who have agape and are in Zoe and bear much fruit, a kind of glory that cancels winter. Well, what's winter? Winter is the season of no productivity. What if I told you that there is a move of God, a revival, an encounter that comes into your life so violently that you can stand like the fig tree and not be, re be rebuked by Jesus? You do know the story of Jesus rebuking the fig tree. He said, you ought to be bearing fruit. And most people say, I got to bear fruit, and that's good. But, but the deeper part of that is you got to know that when Jesus rebukes this fig tree, can I do this? I got the mic, I can. Okay, amen. You got to know that, that when he says this to this fig tree, this fig tree, it is not even its season to bear fruit. Why is Jesus rebuking a fig tree for not bearing fruit in a time it's not supposed to have fruit? Because he's not talking about fruit, he's talking about supernatural fruit. Because the real rebuke of Jesus was, is that if you call yourself a believer, you got to bear more than fruit. Can I take it a step further? You got to be the kind of believer that bears supernatural fruit in every season of your life. That if you walk through the gate of perpetual encounter, there is a glory that cancels winter and you become the tree whose leaf never withers. Woo, y'all. Did you hear what I said? I said, if you come through agape, have Zoe bear fruit and stay in the glory that cancels winter, then you become the tree from Psalms 1 who bears fruit and its leaf never withers. 
Blessed is the man who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor, nor stands in the way of sinner, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but he delights in the law of the Lord and he doth meditate upon it day and night. And that kind of man, that kind of man shall be like a tree planted amongst the rivers of living water. And when he looked at the leaf of that kind of tree who was that kind of planted and agape love living Zoe life, he said, I looked at the leaf and the leaf never went dry. That means that no matter the kind of winter that tried to come, no matter the circumstance that tried to hit, uh, that this kind of leaf was not subject to a cold snap. There is an encounter in revival that you can have, a touch from God that you can have, by which you never go through a winter that takes your leaf again. I'm afraid that in the body, we have too much external affecting internal that those of us that are called to go from glory to glory end up never going from glory to glory because in between glory to glory our fruit gets taken by a cold snap of life that we go through something that has only been sent to do one thing steal the life steal the love and steal the fruit oh am i talking to anybody let me give you the litmus test of how you know which one is which is if you could use the word until concerning your faith i was loving god until i worshiped like i've lost my mind until somebody said something about me y'all way too quiet but i'm gonna preach it i was reading my bible every day until life got busy until if you can find an until in your life uh, you have found the cold snap that has come to rob you of agape zoe and fruitful living in jesus christ but i came to declare to some to somebody today that there is nothing that the enemy could ever offer you there is nothing that could ever happen to you that should ever steal your fire or take your leaf there's got to be somebody in the room that says if they talk about me let them talk about me whatever they did to me let them do it to me i'm cool why because i'm not rooted in them and i'm not rooted in it i am rooted in jesus christ the sure foundation and if they aren't my source they can't feed me on the next level is anybody hearing what i'm saying if i'm talking to you give god some praise right now Nothing you're going through is worth losing your flame. There is nothing you're facing that's worth giving up your fruit. Because a life of loss is a dangerous place to live. How do you know that? Because the text I bring before you this morning is a text, watch this, of life and loss. A woman who was living a life a good life she had a husband she had a son which means she had means which means she had somewhere to stay which means everything is going well but in one moment the cold snap hit and she lost her husband and became a widow but I can deal with that. The thing that hurts her the most is now she hasn't just lost her husband. The text says she has now lost her only son. She went from being over here in Agape Zoe to a life full of loss and pain. And isn't it funny that that's how quick it can happen? 
I wish I had some real people in the room. I wish I had some seasoned saints that would shake off the religious stuff for just a moment and realize that there are some things you can go through you weren't prepared for. And before you know it, you can wake up one day with a smile. Y'all ain't saying nothing. One day with a smile on your face and go to bed with tears smeared all over your cheeks because the way life is... The question is, what do you do when you are confronted with loss? What do you do when you are confronted with the pain and the tragedy of life's circumstances that you weren't prepared for and you didn't have a reference point? The Bible says she is coming out of Nain. Nain means beautiful. In other words, she had let so much loss in. Can I do this this morning? She had let so much loss in and believed that her life had so significantly changed that she believed she had to exit name. Name means beautiful. And there are some of us that when we go through the stuff and the stuff hits us, we resign ourselves to never living the life again that God had for us. And we leave beautiful things for things that aren't so beautiful. She is leaving Nain with her dead son and she is saying, my life will never be the same. Nothing beautiful will ever come again from this. I'm not going to stay here. And all of a sudden, while she is walking out, another is walking towards. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, I want you to see it. There is a crowd of travail coming against a crowd of victory. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Because here's what I know about Jesus. He always walks towards what's withering. The leaf never dies. But if the leaf is ever plucked from its source of life, it starts withering. But the good news, even from the garden, is even when you wither, he comes walking he comes moving and for every person in this room that still has a leaf but it's a withering leaf I want to help you for just a moment and prophesy and tell you he's on his way right to where you are right now oh that's good news I wish I had about a hundred people that would give God some praise uh, that if you feel like you're withering if you feel like you're dying if you feel like you're about to give up uh, if you feel like it's about to overwhelm you good news my friend here comes Jesus Jesus, here comes Jesus right to where you are. The Bible says his crowd is about to meet their crowd in a collision at the gate. Because every fight you'll ever fight in faith happens at the gate. The gate, the gate. Can I do this this morning? Y'all give, give me some time? The gate, the gate. Well, what's the gate? It's the threshold between two worlds. It's a threshold between two kingdoms. Either you're going to be in this kingdom or you're going to be in that kingdom. And every fight you have concerning a struggle somewhere in your life happens at the gate. And what you do determines how or if you win. You have a body, you are a spirit, but you have a soul. Your flesh is one thing, your spirit is another, and they both fight each other at the gate called your soul. 
Well, what's my soul, Pastor Josh? Am I helping anybody this morning? It's your mind, uh, your will, and your emotions. And however your soul perceives uh, oh, hallelujah, the situation determines which one flesh or spirit wins. She is coming out. He is coming in. And when they meet, there is something that happens that is worth talking about. Because when he comes, the Bible says when he saw her, when he saw her, when the Lord, in fact, that's what the Bible says, when the Lord saw her. Can I break this down? When the Lord saw her, number one, I'm thankful he sees me. Oh, y'all, don't miss that because you won't get the rest of this text without understanding that right there. I said, he sees me. I need to know that every once in a while because some of my issues have tried to drown me. Some of my pain has tried to hide me. Some of the dirt from where I've been has tried to cover me. But aren't you thankful for a God that even in the midst of big crowds and large places, he still sees you? See, that's good news for somebody in this room who's saying, I came in this room and there's a lot of people. There's a bunch of people sitting here. I want to know, does he see me? I came to tell you, yes, he sees you. He knows exactly what you're facing. He knows exactly what you're going through and he has come to help you he sees me can I go deeper but it didn't just say he saw her the Bible says when the Lord saw her Luke makes the distinction that this isn't Jesus seeing her this is the Lord in other words this ain't just a man showing up this ain't the prophet showing up this is the king ah, showing up watch this this is authority stepping into the situation because not only does he see you but i came to tell somebody that when he shows up he comes with the kind of authority that everything else around you has to bow a knee to and say i will submit y'all ain't saying nothing because i remember a scripture that says every knee will bow and every tongues shall confess in heaven or in under heaven that Jesus Christ is Lord he has the kind of authority that when he shows up cancer bows its knee depression bows its knee when he sees you and comes it is the Lord can I go deeper y'all ready for some kingdom can you handle this Lord is not just an authority term it's a kingdom term it's a term that says control. And some of us never let him be Lord because we want to stay in control. We love him being Savior. We love him being elder brother. But you don't really know his benefits until he called you. You can call him Lord. And most of us never step over into the Lordship of Jesus because we don't want to relinquish control, not knowing that the back half of that benefit, can I be deep? The back half of that benefit is not that lordship is control, it's the fact that lordship is control and it's also care. You know that if you ever let him take control, let me put it in your world, for all of us paying rent, the per you, don't, you don't really own it, your land, and let me tell you the beauty of written, that if it breaks, you don't fix it. 
Hey, my refrigerator is uh, act a little crazy. The landlord has to fix it because it's under his control. What am I trying to tell you? I'm trying to tell you that if you would just stop seeing his lordship as control and start to see the other side of that benefit as care, then you'll realize that the moment you called him Lord, you gave him control, but in return for giving him control, he has to care about every single thing you go through in your body, in your mind, in your heart, in your family. I wish I had about a hundred people that could open up their mouth and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, and the moment you relinquish control, watch the care of God come right into your life. Am I helping anybody? I'm just laying a foundation. Stay with me. I'm almost there. The Bible says that he comes in. He sees her. I'm thankful he sees me. The Lord saw her. I'm thankful for authority. So he comes and he's about to connect with her. He's on a mission. This is not happenstance. He brought authority with him. He's about to handle something. And what have I told you this morning? God is about to handle something. Oh, y'all missed it. I said, God is about to handle something on your behalf that you haven't been able to handle. I came to prophesy that by the end of 2021, God told me to tell you he's about to handle it because he's about to do something in it you couldn't do in your strength and in your, in your power and authority. He comes in and the Bible says, there they meet at the gate, life and death, face to face, the perfect environment for revival. <laughs> Life and death face to face. The perfect atmosphere for revival. And he looks at the woman he sees and says, stop crying. Wait a second. The text says he looks at her with compassion and says, stop crying. Now, I don't know about you, but that comes across a little bit insensitive. If you're going to say you got compassion, that would be like Natasha slamming my hand in the car. Recently just happened. I ain't going to say nothing about it. <laughs> Amen. I got my chance. I told you I was going to get my chance. And me going, ow, 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 that's what I was doing. That's real right there. Ow, ow, couldn't get any regular words out of my mouth. And her looking at me and going, I have compassion. Stop crying. <laughs> it seems insensitive of Jesus to be moved with compassion and ask her to stop crying. And by the way, let me just say this. Where are the people who are still moved with compassion? You can't see life begin again in a place you have no compassion for. Can I be real deep? This one's going to sting a little bit. Don't expect the anointing to flow in a place you have no compassion for. Well, I'm anointed, Pastor Josh. Well, you can't be anointed and hate people. 
You can't be anointed and distance yourself from the thing you're called to impact. Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me too. And everything in that list has to deal with somebody or something that he was called to affect and touch. If you don't have compassion, you will never see revival. He had compassion and said, stop crying. It seems insensitive, but what he's trying to do, I'm about to help you real good. But what he is trying to do is he is trying to tell a woman that your emotions are not in alignment with my character. Now, don't get me wrong. God made us with emotions. God is emotional. I'm thankful for emotions. Come on, somebody. I'm thankful for the ability to cry when I need to cry and laugh when I need to laugh. I'm thankful for emotions. But the Bible says that even our emotion should be subject to the Holy Spirit. How do you know? He said, be angry. Sin not. In other words, your emotions can take you places that are outside of God's providence and will for your life if you don't learn how to get those emotions under the, hallelujah, the lordship of Jesus Christ. I'm preaching better than y'all amen, but I'm going to preach it anyway. Some of us say we're anointed, but we can't get that, can't get that gossip thing under control. We can't get jealousy under control. We can't put it up under the lordship of Jesus Christ. And we're wondering why the anointing's not flowing. He is telling her, I can fix this, but you got to get your emotions up underneath my authority let me put it in plain terms you can either focus on him being dead or me being here you can focus on your dead situation or the life-giving power that stands in front of you but here's the deal baby if you focus on him being dead him being dead will stay dead but if you focus on me being here me being here can handle him being dead if you'll let your emotions come back under my authority oh i'm preaching in this room i came to tell somebody in this room that if you'll get it under his authority life uh, is about to hit that thing all over again if If you believe it, give him praise right now. He said, stop weeping. He said, if you can bring all that up unto me, watch me deal with this. Because here's the prophetic word of the sermon. Are you ready? The arrival of presence is the announcement of intervention. I'm going to say it again. I said the the arrival of presence is the announcement of intervention. God doesn't get involved just to stand around and be a bystander. God doesn't show up to do nothing. God doesn't show up just to say, I'm here, look at me. If God ever shows up in a room, if he ever visits a people, if he ever comes into your family, if he ever gets into your life, uh, the fact that he shows up uh, is the telltale sign, a prophecy that he's about to start moving. Y'all ain't saying nothing, some stuff around. He's He's about to start working in ways you could not fathom. And I wonder if there's anybody who is thankful for the presence of God that you've been in. And you say, God, now that you're here, I need you to get involved. Uh, Take control and have your way. Take 30 seconds in this room uh, and thank God for his presence uh, that has just made an announcement. He's about to intervene.
y'all didn't hear what I said. I said God is just about to intervene. He's just about to come through for your family. He's about to come through in your body. He's about to show up in your mind. God is about to intervene. And if you're ready for the intervention of God, God doesn't lose. He's never lost a battle. And He never will. Shout if you're thankful that victory is yours. Victory is mine. Victory is mine. Pardon me for just a second. Victory is mine. Victory belongs to me. He's here, so I'm about to win. He's here, I'm about to get healed. He's here, my family's about to come back together. He's here, something is about to change. He says, be seated, let me finish this thing. Woo, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel revival bubbling up all across this room. I feel like uh, something's about to hit this place. Uh, he says, stop crying. If you'll bring it unto me, then I'll start to handle. Focus on me and let me focus on it. Because when he sees compassion, he equates compassion to the weeping. Because he doesn't come just to identify with your situation. He comes to transform your situation. And so, ladies and gentlemen, I preached all that to get here because we are at the moment of revival. When all those prerequisites were satisfied, the atmosphere, I said the atmosphere of revival begin to hover over the city of Nain at its gate. And the Bible says the first move of God in revival was that he reached up and he touched an open coffin. Before he says anything to the boy and uses his authority, he arrests the vehicle Carrying the boy away from his purpose and destiny. Jesus still touches coffins. Jesus still touches the unsanctified, rebellious, dirty parts of our lives before he touches us and every once in a while in this room you got to remember that before he revives me i gotta let him touch the stuff that i don't want anybody to touch because many of us say lord touch me just don't touch my coffin Lord, bless me. Don't touch that relationship. Lord, heal me. Uh, don't, 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 touch, don't touch that part. Don't touch that part behind closed doors. Don't touch that. That's off limits. All of us somewhere have the casket part of who we are, the dead parts of who we are, the deviled parts of who we are, where the enemy has played in some things and convinced you that this is what you have to live in. He has convinced you that depression will always be your struggle, that pain will always be your lot in life. And I came to tell you, Jesus still touches coffins. 
Even the stuff behind closed doors that nobody sees you looking at and doing that painfully torments you every single day. Help me do it, Holy Ghost. That painfully torments you every single day. Can I get down in some stuff? I'm also talking about that secret sin. Lay aside the weight and the sin. Paul said it so easily encases us. You can have this, we say, but don't touch that. And I came to tell you, you can play soft. Unless you let him touch that. Unless you let him, watch this, deliver you. You, are, can, you can be in his presence, feel his love, sense his life and stay in your casket. Jesus still touches open coffins. I'm so glad for a God that's not afraid to touch the places everybody else runs from. I'm so thankful for a Jesus that loves me enough to look past the dirt of my coffin and the pain of my coffin and still say I'm so after you that I'm willing to arrest any other inferior source of affection in your life because that's what it is it's an inferior source of affection that the enemy says has the power to take you to destiny but your coffin is not taking you to destiny it's taking you to destruction and when he reached up he touched the coffin he arrested the vehicle you know pastor anderson some of the some of the coffin thing ain't us ain't always on us somewhere in the culture we've let culture tell us that we can have transformation without repentance we can have revival without repentance. We've let the world tell us that all that stuff is legalism. All that stuff is churchy and religious. But it's not legalism if it brings you closer to God. It's not legalism if it keeps you close to Jesus and far away from the world. We have believed a lie that said so a life is a life lived on the line as close to the world as we can while being in Christ. But the devil is a liar. The Bible says that we are called to have our lives hidden in Christ Jesus far from the world. He touches the coffin and the Bible says I'm done that everybody who was carrying him stood still because there is an encounter you have with God that just doesn't deal with your coffin it arrests every demonic spirit that's trying to usher you there y'all ain't hearing me 
I know this is hard to hear sometimes, but the kind of touch that arrests every demonic spirit from whispering in your ear another lie, whispering in your ear that you got to keep doing that, whispering in your ear that this will never take you closer to God. Whisper the whisper the whisper. When he touches it and you let him deliver you, not only will he arrest the coffin, he will arrest the source of transportation. And I came to tell every demonic spirit under the sound of my voice, under the authority of the power in the name of Jesus, that your time is up. I came to arrest you and tell you by the authority, come on somebody, of Jesus Christ, not another day in torment, woman of God, not another day in depression, man of God. I came to tell you, not another day struggling, addicted, in the name of Jesus, we arrest every spirit that's not the spirit of God. And he touched the coffin, stopped the pallbearers, and said, now that I've got that squared away, little boy, you're never supposed to be dead this early. Rise. Rise, 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 rise. Some of you getting that in your spirit because that's the echo of heaven today in this service is that if you'll let him touch your coffin, arrest the enemy over your life, he is calling, oh, hallelujah, to a situation that's dead. He's calling to stuff they said would never be fixed. And he's got one word, rise, rise, get up, get up, get up. You don't have to stay down another day. You don't have to stay down another moment. You don't have to stay down another month, another hour. You can rise. This is it. But you can't rise, little boy, unless your mama didn't take the lid off. Every time, don't miss this. Holy Ghost is about to blow through this place. Every time there was a resurrection moment in the life of Jesus, Jesus was never the one to take the lid off. Mom and dad, open the door. Lid off. Talitha Kumai, rise. Lazarus, come forth. Before you do, hey, y'all, roll that stone away. Take the lid off. Even in his own death and his own burial. He didn't roll the stone away himself. God sent two angels and two angels took the lid off. And oh, hallelujah. And when the lid comes off, revival and resurrection begin to happen. But there has to be a people who know how to take the lid off. Well, what's taking the lid off, Pastor Josh? Taking the lid off uh, is having the kind of faith uh, to stand in defeat and worry and failure and say, God, I still believe this situation is not dead. This situation is not done. I have faith to believe that you can raise it. Take the lid off. Uh, what does take the lid off me look like? It looks like people who jump on their feet uh, and lift up their hands uh, and say, God, I know what the enemy said, but I know what you have said. So I'll lift my hands up. Uh, and I'll open up my mouth uh, and I'll begin to worship uh, and I'll begin to praise uh, because I'm going to take the lid off. Uh, I am going to provide an atmosphere. 
Listen, what is taking the lid off mean? It is creating the atmosphere for resurrection power to prevail. So here's what's gonna happen today. I'm done with this message. You are standing in the gate, the Lord told me in prayer. Standing in the gate between a miracle, restoration, revival, and resurrection, and the same whispers of the enemy. God said, if you'll let him touch your coffin and you'll take the lid off, hear me by the Holy Ghost, he is about to raise that dead thing back to life again. This is revival. For how can you call it revival if something dead is not brought back to life? Uh, you can call it a good church service. You can call it a good sermon. You can say it's a great worship set. But we cannot call it revival until something dead pops its head up again and says, I am alive, which was dead. So here it is. I'm about to give you 60 seconds to take the lid off of this place to take the lid off of your life I'm about to give you 60 seconds to dismiss every negative declaration of the enemy that is whispering to you right now saying you're done it's finished it's over it'll never be what it used to be God is going to give you a moment to take the lid off and if you will something is about to rise so with your hands lifted this is only for those that need a breakthrough I came for somebody who needs revival this can't be another Sunday morning service we are about to step into a threshold as a church a revival threshold but we got to take the lid off Ormond Beach can't come back to life unless there's a church that takes the lid off. Oh, hallelujah. Port Orange can't come back to life. Daytona can't come back to life. Palm Coast can't come back to life unless there's a people who take the lid off. So you got 60 seconds to worship and praise like you know it's Resurrection Sunday. And I'm not talking about Easter. I'm talking about August 1st. What's August 1st? 8-1. Eight, 8-1. One. Eight, one. 8, the number of new beginnings. 1, the number of authority. Come on, somebody. The number of God himself. Wouldn't it be something that on the day of new beginnings and the day of God's authority, God would begin to resurrect things in your life? I'm going to give you 60 seconds. Come on, open up your mouth in this room. And people are already coming to the altar. If you need breakthrough. I'm not even going to wait. If you need breakthrough, prayer team, hurry. If you need breakthrough, I want you to get out of your seat. And I want you to get to this altar with your hands lifted. Come on, Pastor John. So come and blow through. If you need breakthrough in your life. Spirit If you need him to touch a coffin. If you need him to bring something back. Hold on one second, 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 hold on one second. 
I, I just heard the enemy. I just heard the devil say that the, uh, God say that the enemy is whispering. He is whispering lies. Whispering lies. Come on, let's pray in the Holy Ghost for just a minute. Come on, pray in the Spirit. Breakthrough revival is here. Pray in the Spirit for just a moment. I come against the whisper. I come against the demonic voices that are keeping people from getting breakthrough this morning. Come on, just a few more seconds. Just a few more seconds. Just a few more seconds. I'm feeling it start to break. Now look here, Pastor Josh. If, if you're in your seats this morning, and you've got a coffin he needs to deal with or you need a breakthrough by which something has to come back to life in your life on the count of three i want you to get out of your seat and come to these altars there is breakthrough here there is an anointing here we are in the atmosphere of revival death and life have come face to face and life is about to prevail on the count of three if i'm talking to you come one they're already coming two three get out of your seat and come i'm gonna wait on you I'm going to wait on you. You need breakthrough. You need breakthrough financially. You need breakthrough in your family. Oh, some of us need God to deal with some stuff in our lives. Come on, I'm going to give you just a few more moments. These altars are filling up with people. We are in the atmosphere of revival. Death, death, death is about to be swallowed up. Oh, death, where is your sting? Here comes victory. I'm going to give you 10 seconds. If you need breakthrough in your life, if you need God to resurrect, touch some things, real soft for just a second. You take the lid off. He raises it back to life. I'm going to take the pressure off of every person in this room who has tried it to do it, has tried to do it your way, only to find that your way doesn't work. Your strength and it doesn't work. You are not called to resurrect it, revive it. You are called to let him touch and you are called to take the lid off. So I'm going to give you 60 seconds if you're at this altar to slip up your hands right now. And I want you to just begin to open up your mouth in this room. If you come on, let's fill this place with worship. Take the lid off. And then I'm about to release this prayer team to lay their hands on you. I'm going to pray for you. And I believe breakthrough is going to manifest. This was not a fight for Jesus. This was not a struggle. This was the right atmosphere giving way to divine power and strength. 60 seconds come on praise the lord everybody across take the lid off take the lid off take the lid off take the lid off open up your mouth man of god open up your mouth woman of god the lid's about to come off come on slide the lid off don't limit god don't limit god thank you holy ghost don't limit me i hear the lord saying don't limit me i'm about to do it wholeheartedly who the sun sets free is free indeed you got 30 seconds I want our staff who's available, get ready to pray for people. I feel the power of God beginning to manifest. 
You got 15 seconds. Come on, take the lid off. Come on, everybody in this room. Open up your mouth. I feel the glory of the Lord. Ten seconds. Come on, take the lid off. Worship. Worship, worship, worship. Hey. 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 Now you're ready? If you're ready for breakthrough in your life, if you're ready for God to arrest the enemy, touch your coffin and revival to come. I want you to slip up your hands as high as you can get them. Pastor John is about to sing and we're about to release this glory. Now, touch Holy Ghost. We're about to release this glory. It's coming back to life. It's coming back to life. Now, Holy Ghost, touch. Back to life. Are you ready on the count of three? Pray a team. Lay your hands on them. One, hallelujah. Two, come on, three. Go ahead, Pastor John. Breakthrough, breakthrough. Come on, all across the room, participate. Come and blow. Thank you for joining us for today's message. You can continue to be a part of all that God is doing here at Calvary Christian Center. You can text to give at 386-866-3060 or you can give at calvaryfl.com give. We would love for you to subscribe to our podcast and also for you to share this podcast with your community, your family, and your friends. Again, thank you for joining us.